first of all, thank you for doing this. Of course, man. Um, I, uh, I feel like, it's funny, like, I feel like we're like brothers that don't get to see each other enough. Right, right, right. So, right. <laughs> like, you know, you're always in the back of my mind. I'm always wishing you and hoping that you're somewhere doing amazing, you know, but I know that our lives are kind of like, we're both working our butts off mm -hmm. to build. Like, it's like, we're, we're building, like we're, yep. we're in building mode. And so, you well, know, when it's real family, it don't have to be, exactly. you know, like you don't have to posture. You right. already know we're hard stuff, you know? Yeah. But uh, I wanted to start with just this, uh, essentially kind of like new job, right? This thing that you're doing with the Grammys and, and this just came about in the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just wanted to like, cause I don't even know much about what you're doing. And mm -hmm. it was really amazing to see you on like all these different news channels getting interviewed and on the red carpet and all your outfits. And I know, and then also we'll, we'll circle back to how you got into those outfits. <laughs> Definitely want to talk about that. But uh, I mean, I guess just kind of get me up to speed with what's going on, you know, with you lately. So I have an amazing role as the vice chairman of the Recording Academy Grammys. And also I'm the chairman of the Black Music Collective, which is an entity created by the Grammys to make sure that we have inclusion and make sure that people of color um, feel welcome and feel like they have a place and they're treated fairly and they understand how the recording academy works and, you know, just educating. Right. So um, it's- and there was a big need for that, right? Oh, absolutely. Like a big need. Absolutely. So um, a guy by the name of Riggs Morales, he put together this Black Music Collective and when he did so, he created it, him, he and this guy, Jerry O. Johnson, um, Harvey Mason Jr., who was the CEO of the Recording Academy, who's actually an African-American man. So they put together this thing, Valicia Butterfield-Jones, who is the head of DEI, the president of the Recording Academy, and she now moved on to Google. But they put together this thing, and then as soon as they put it together, they were like, all right, cool, we want Rico to be the chair. No way, it was incredible. So, um, so they already had you in mind. I'm not sure if, if from the beginning, but I just know that as he started putting it forth and it, we had our first annual event last year, he was like, yo, I want you to be the chair. And I was wondering if you would take that position. I was like, man, of course. <laughs> so we do incredible initiatives. We give back to the community, but more than anything, my, my role and my job in this position is to make sure that we increase our black voting membership and we increase women. We yeah. gotta make sure that women are voting and women are, are involved with the Recording Academy and they're being represented properly. Right. So that's what I wanted to do. And I, and I feel like that is an important role, but just as the vice chair of the Recording Academy in itself is to make sure that we hold everyone accountable and we make sure that everybody's doing their role and their part inside the Recording Academy to make sure that everyone is treated fairly. So in that role as vice chair, I wanna make sure that all people, all genres, everything, but with the BMC, I'm geared toward making sure that people of color are represented properly. This doesn't take away from any other culture or race or background. We're just making sure, hey, these people make up so much of the musical DNA of this country, right. of this world. The world. So why don't we make sure that they feel respected by us, an academy that is a nonprofit organization that is giving back millions and millions of dollars to the community. When you watch the Grammys, you think about it, you think to yourself, oh, it's just a show and it's just awards. We're a nonprofit, 365 right. days of the year. So the awards that you see are paying for the initiatives that we are putting forth the rest of the year. Okay. So when you look at the Grammy Awards, think of it like this. CBS is giving these this organization money we're taking that money and we're helping music creators. So let's say you do music and your roof is caving in your house and you don't know how you're gonna pay for it. You call the Grammys and we'll help you. And I'm not talking about platinum selling artists. I'm not talking about somebody who had a, a Grammy before. Right. Any person who does music full time, you don't even have to be a recording wow. academy member. If you do music full time, you contact music cares. You just say, hey, I'm, this is my situation. And would you say people know this? Or is many this something you have in the education? Many people do not know. Right. Because I've never heard of something like that. Especially our people in yeah. our community. So right. we want to make sure that we raise that awareness. Because it's easy to say, yo, fuck the Grammys. But what, 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 first of all, what, is, what are you saying? What are you saying that you don't like about the Recording Academy 1? And 2, when you're saying, let's dismiss the Grammys, what are you dismissing? Right. If you knew that. I think people will be like, whoa, whoa. No, so for millions sure. Of, millions of dollars are going to help 
hundreds of thousands of people. Right. I don't know if I want to get rid of this organization. Right. I don't know of any other award organization that is doing it. That's amazing. I didn't know that. And then um, the night that you like, all right, so let's uh, circle back a little bit. <laughs> You're on a little weight loss journey. Yeah. You've been on a weight loss journey for a while. Yeah. And I should say fat loss because, you know, I'm not a big fan of, of weight loss. You yeah. um, It should be specific to fat. Um, I, we might as well take it all the way back. So um, we met in 2009, 2008, 2008, 2009. Yeah. And you were on top of the world then, but needing like to lose some weight, lose mm -hmm. fat. And uh, I mean, maybe take me back to that moment. Like why you chose, cause I was in a no AC warehouse yeah. in the hood. You know, like it wasn't exactly probably your <laughs> your environment at the time, but you know what though? I thought that the OG Legacy Fit, when I'm proud to be a member of the OG Legacy yeah. Fit, um, I felt like that was Rocky. Yeah, I, I watched Rocky um, Part One last night, ironically enough, and I looked at his house and I looked at how he had a mattress with a knife stuck in it up against the wall. Right. But he would use yeah, his punching yeah. bag. And when you looked at, um, he was running every day with his dog, you know, right. remind me of legacy. I was thinking about this last night when I was watching it. And I felt like that was the beginning of both of our careers. You know, I was doing extremely well, but it still felt like it was still the beginning. And it was essentially. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that that OG legacy fit was like the grind. That yeah. was the hustle. Like right. the doors had to be open. We had to have the, it was no AC, to, but it felt like rugged, you right. know what I mean? Yeah. So I love that journey to watch it cultivate and develop because when you go into, when I look at it now and I look at the multiple locations and I look at, you know, how you creating, you're creating an empire. Um, it's beautiful to see that because whenever life attacks anybody around me or, or myself, I can always reference certain individuals in my life who I've watched take something, a dream, an idea, and a concept mm. and push it and go forward and, and be diligent to be consistent and be disciplined about how they're going to make it happen. So, yeah, I was there at the, at the beginning, essentially, of the legacy. I mean, it really, it, no days off came from us. Yeah not taking a day off. Yeah. Like I remember specifically, it was you and me in there by ourselves saying no days off. Yeah. And then the light bulb went off for me and I was like, oh, this is, this is my just do it. Yeah, this yeah, is, yeah. this is my tagline. Yeah. And then I immediately, you know, got with Gabby and trademarked it. Yeah. Like, so you were a big part of that. For me, you were one of the first people I met that matched my <laughs> discipline and effort. Like, yeah. In different ways, obviously, but yeah. then you applied it to fitness. Yeah. But like in your life, yeah. I mean, it didn't matter if you were at the studio till four, five a.m. You still it. were at the gym at nine a.m. Yeah, yeah. Like every time, it never failed. Like never you showed up, late. never, you never late. late. Yeah. You're always on time. You're always respectful. Yeah. You always did exactly what I told you to do. Never complained. Never complained. Yeah. Like, and really, it was a very. We were we were helping each other, like mm -hmm. because to your point of you're watching me build an empire and you can say that like that's about commitment and discipline vice versa when I train people that truly take it serious and truly commit the the Rico loves the Sean Livingston's the Joe Johnson's these kind of people that's feeding me too mm -hmm. like y'all y'all are feeding me and showing me that that that's how that's how it's supposed to be done I know I live that way, but it, you need help. You yeah. need other people to show you that, to represent that. It was to the point I used to fly you to sessions with me. Yeah. When, when I was doing the Usher album and uh, he was like, yo, I was like, I, I really don't want to stop working out. I'm really feeling great. I was yeah. like looking so amazing. And you get so addicted to the process more than the results. Because even now where I'm at in life is like, I work out in the morning with a trainer one-on-one. And then I go to Legacy at 4.30 every day. And then if I don't have anything going on at night, I'll go to an 8.15 class. Because I'm like, I'm just so addicted to that feeling. Yeah. You know you know that feeling when after you work out and you've been training for your whole life. But after you train and you just feel like, oh my God, like I got through that. And, and it, I don't know if, if anybody watching this has never been through a boot camp, it's serious, right? Yeah, yeah. And some days you look at that board and you're like, no, no way. 
There's no way I'm gonna do this today. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you get through it, when you're on, when they, when, when Ron says, last one, best one. And we're like, man, we got through this. I didn't think I was gonna be able to do it. That is how I approach life. And I remember early on, we were in Las Vegas, you and I, because just so everybody knows, we're friends. Like, so right. it's not like just, so we were hanging out in Vegas and you were, Full transparency, you went through a terrible breakup. <laughs> yeah. Can I share all this? Yeah, stuff? yeah, it's cool. Yeah. It's you went through a terrible breakup and you you really committed and devoted your life to this person and they had a kid and you were devoted to the kid. And the thing that really stood out to you that upset you the most was the kid. Oh yeah, for sure. He's I stayed too long because of the kid. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, the kid starts telling you dad calls calling you daddy. Yeah, yeah. And starts, you know, saying she loves me and yeah. you know that that's that's hard to walk away from, you know? So Yeah. And you uh used that fitness journey to get through it. And what I noticed is the level of greatness that we want to achieve, no one can truly achieve it if they don't achieve it in every facet of their lives. Mm -hmm. So you see very, you can see a bunch of rich guys who are fat and sloppy, right? That's rich, right? But that level of excellence that you see in Mark Wahlberg, that level of excellence that you see in Dwayne Johnson, that level of excellence that you see in Kevin Hart, it's different. It's different than just being- Wouldn't you also say it's, I, I like that you use the word excellence, but I've always enjoyed the word significance. Mm. Like they're doing so much stuff that is significant. Yes. That's beyond their beyond success. being- It's yeah, beyond wealth yeah, and money and just fame. Because just having a bunch of money and being a slob, yeah, it's like, like it's, it just comes across as pompous. That's not impactful <laughs> to anyone. They're exactly. not really making a difference exactly. to other people. Because I don't look at that person and I don't feel I don't feel inspired. Right. But it's a certain level of discipline that comes with greatness. And, and I like that word significance because um, in order to be excellent, you have to be you have to matter to something or someone. Right. And that's what's significant. Like you have to be significant. You have to be, you know, somebody, a, a, a true partner to the world, right? And that's even when it gets to call something to your significant other, it's Very because yeah, yeah. That's a, you're a partner to some sort of journey, right? And when you were going through that, we were in Vegas and I remember you saying that I'm using this as a catalyst to push myself because every bit of anger and sadness and hurt I'm gonna put it into something positive and I'm gonna make sure. And then you found an amazing love. You found something beautiful. You found someone who truly, because you took the pain and you said, let me pour into myself right. instead of dumping down on myself. I went through that and I did the absolute opposite. I was really hard on myself and I started drinking more and I started going to, eating and I what I do is stress eat right and a lot of a lot of us do it so I started really being more difficult on, on my body instead of saying let me push so now I'm in a place for the past two and a half three months where I'm just like obsessed with the process and I listen to Kobe so much and I love Kobe you already know of course Kobe. But I listen to him so much and he talks about the process. More he talked, he doesn't even talk about the championship. Ever, ever. He never, never. talks about this. He always spoke about the process. Right. I know this is you you always ask the question, but I'm gonna have to ask you, what about that process does ne never gets old to you? You've been training your entire life. Right. right? Um, certain levels you had to elevate because you I remember you telling me that I was training wrong for so many years mm. in college or in high school. Then I learned how to learn my body, right. learn things. What about that process can still at this space in your life when over 25 years of working out, right? Consistent more than that, more than that right? Uh, what 30, about, it's too many, it's, yeah. it's over 30 years of yeah, working, out. working yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. What about that process to you still gets you going? For me, and uh, it's funny because uh, because some people look at you and say, he's made it, he's, he's where he needs to right. be. Right, yeah. I actually had a member come in that hadn't seen me. Joe taught a class this morning here and uh, a member hadn't seen me in a while and he walked up and he's like, good grief, how do you still look like this, you know? And better. Yeah, I mean, for me, so it's, it's, I feel like we never stop becoming the best version of ourselves. No matter how old we are. Like, I feel like that's life. Like life is about, becoming better every single day. 
both spiritually, mentally, and physically. And then I think it starts with the physical. A lot of people, they put so much emphasis on, on what they're reading and the mind. But to me, if you start with the physical, if you become your best self in the body that was given to you, then that is going to make your mind work better. It's going to open your up, open yourself up to, to your intuition, to hear things better. Like me and uh, Nate were talking about it. Danger on the last podcast of how it's all connected. Like the mind, body, and spirit is all connected. And oftentimes we work on one without working on the other. And to me, when I'm in the best shape of my life, I'm hearing from God more. I'm, I'm, I'm soaking up the books that I read. Like it's clear that there's so much clarity. And when I'm in bad shape or I'm not able to work out, maybe due to injury and something like that, I feel foggy, brain fog, whatever. So, and especially now that I'm implementing a lot of like different tools, like cold plunge and sauna on top of the fitness, on top of the regular like exercise. But the process for me, is easy because it just never stops. Like it's like, and it's my anchor, right? Like it has to be the foundation that starts everything else. I'd love for you just to speak on a little bit, like what switched for you? And then now what is keeping you committed to that? Because you told me, I think it was in a text that you're like, I'm never going back no. again, ever. Oh. Like I'm done with this roller coaster ride. Yeah. That, was my hallelujah yeah. moment for, for just letting you know? Yeah. I literally was like like a little kid when I saw the text. I was like, yeah. you finally got it. Because yeah, yeah. we've been at this for, you know, yeah. since 2008. Yeah. So, and I've seen you before my kids were born. You know, I've seen yeah. you in a freaking like tuxedo, yeah. you know, with a six pack. So, yeah. Yeah. and then seeing the opposite, yeah. it, it's, it's, it sucks. Like, you know, so. So what happened was uh, a lot of stressful situations in life right and then it was something that was very i believe in fairness right so when i feel like anything is unfair i get very frustrated i just like that's but that's not fair you know right. what i mean i believe in just being good and i and i don't i'm a good person right and i believe in, i teach my kids every day to be a good person now am i angry sometimes yeah uh do i make mistakes yeah, yeah. you're but human i'm a human right but am i in my heart do i right. ever want to see anyone hurt Never. Have I hurt people? Yes. Right. Have I ever woke up with the idea of I'm going to do this so that this person can pay and this person can be hurt? Never. What happened was I trusted individuals with information about how I felt about myself. And I allowed those individuals to use that against me. Mm. So if you say, if somebody says to you, what do you want for your birthday? And you say, I want meal preps. Give me meal preps and help me get in shape. And a person says to you, or people say to you, that's not a real gift. I'm not giving you that. Yeah. You're like, that's what I that's want. That's what I want. <laughs> like, and, and, and you share like, this is, I hate the way I look. I hate the way this makes me feel. I don't, I want to do, I just, I need, you know, and I thought that I needed a push, not understanding that I already had that push. It was inside of me and it was inside of my brothers and people who love me, right? But I, I, I got to a space where somebody who I really uh, at one point cared about said to me, you are fat, you are ugly. People don't really like you. They only like you for what you can do for them. Um, uh, Someone you, told you this. They told me this. That First of all, you've never been ugly. Yeah, exactly. Right, you're, but you're, you're, that's ridiculous. You're fat. You were fat. Yeah. <laughs> I was, Put that out yeah. <laughs> you're, fat. you're fat, you're ugly. Nobody likes you. You were terrible. Like, and I, and Damn. I, and I was like, wow, I, I let it really hurt me. So for a while, even a couple of years, I was existing as that person. And then I started saying like, what are you, like, what are you doing, bro? Right. You, you just, I had just turned 40 in December and I saw videos of myself on my 40th and I said, nah, this is not, I'm 40 years old now and life is getting real and you can, I can die. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And the people that love you, I think, I think from afar, like people like myself, it, it, it messes with us because yeah, yeah. we're like, what is he doing? Yeah, what like, you, and yeah. we honestly, you, because we respect you, yeah. we don't know how to, because I would never talk to you like that. Yeah. You know, how do I do it? And that's why I tried and tried to get you here. It's just to, just to have like a normal, yeah. just to know that, hey, I'm still here, you know? Yeah. Like, but so, but I, what I did was I had to wake up and say, bro, you're a champion. Like you, you, you made, 
some of the most incredible music in the world, you have accomplished some things that people could never, ever do. And the people who even are against you, you have more talent in your pinky than they have in their right. entire bloodline. Right. So I had to really realize if all of those things are true that I say about myself and all those things are false, what they are saying about me, the only way to prove that is to be that and act in what is true. I can't just sit around and say, that was horrible what that person said to me. They're horrible for treating me this way. No. Yeah, that's like self-pity. So, it, yeah. it and that's not who you are. So. And, and guess what? I love them still. Right. It can never be close to me in that way, but I have to act and operate and become a bigger and better champion right before them and then say, thank you because Something you thought was negative and that was going to destroy me. And that for a short period of time, I was allowing to destroy me. I'm using that the same way we talked about in Las Vegas when you said, well, this, like, you were sad. Oh, yeah. You, you were going through it. Right. And you was like, I'm not using, I'm, I'm going to use all of this and I'm going to be bigger and stronger and greater. Not because of what they said. I'm just using that fuel to, to instead of living in that place that, they're trying to put me mm -hmm. in, or just this situation is trying to put me in, I'm gonna use it. So I just, I just started deciding that. And then you gave me an incredible, I don't like to say diet, but you gave me an incredible uh, mindset of how and when I should eat. And it works for me, man. It yeah. works for me so good that I don't ever wanna change it. I don't even, I don't even, you know, I eat two times a day, um, I don't snack. I'm fine. So I have a saying that people get mad at me for. I say, because I when people are like, what do you snack on? I go, grown men don't snack. That's my saying, it's grown men don't snack. Yeah, I don't. Like, we're men. Like, yeah. we don't snack, like, baby snack. Yeah, let's, just, snack. let's just get up and just you know? work and do, like, stay active. Yeah, yeah exactly. But um, it works for me, man. And, I, and you sold me, you said the first three or four days, it's going to be, you know, and I was like that. If I was a little sluggish because I, I'm so used to carbs and carbs trick you. People, carbs trick you into believing you need to, to have them for energy. Mm -hmm. Then when you realize like, oh, I'm fine. Right. I'm okay. Now I'm at day 52, 53. And I'm like, I, I'm, I don't never, I don't ever want to change this. And I remember wow. saying to myself, I, I've been, I was craving birthday cake. Like really craving yeah. birthday cake. <laughs> for some of you, I'm like, I want birthday cake so bad. And I was like, on day 40, I'm just gonna have some birthday cake. And I was like, I don't want birthday cake. You know, yeah. I, I wanna keep going. I wanna go 90, 120. I wanna go a year, two years, three years, four years, five years. I wanna see how I can push myself until, until the point where it's not even a journey anymore. It's not even like now. It's a lifestyle. When people see me who just saw me on my birthday in December, they were like, what? Bro, I just saw you. Right. By the way, it's, what, it's, what's today we're taping this? It's February the 18th. February 18th, yep. I started, you spoke to me December the 19th and I started doing uh, the carnivore December the 20th. So from that point until now. Which is, by the way, is not that long. Not that long. Like, it's I've like, been on it for almost four years. Yes, yeah, so so, I've just been like 50 something days. If and I tell you what gets me excited about you is so if y'all don't know, like y'all look up everything he's written and whatever, but I've actually been a part of this man's journey in terms of being in the studio and watching what he does. It's the most incredible thing you've ever seen. So he's like Jay-Z. So Jay-Z, Jay-Z doesn't write. He, he just, it comes off the top of his head. And Rico has the same, the same gift. Um, but he's seen and rap, <laughs> so and produces and like he's even he's like Jay Z on steroids. So, but I'm very interested to see this new version, this leveling up version of Rico that you're going to experience as you continue this journey because it's been three months. I guarantee you, in a year. Like you're going to be so creative, like your creative is going to be on another level yeah. because again, there's such a connection with your body to this right here. And you're going to, cause your mind is already genius. When you start to, your body starts to, I guess, you know, fuel the mind because it's helped me in so much, like everything that you see in here, everything that I'm doing, the beverage, all that was because I was becoming a better version of myself before. And it was the commitment 
of not eating all the time mm. and not eating certain things that slowed me down. Like I'm like, I started getting to the point where, and I know you're at this point now, it's like, if this makes me feel like shit, why am I gonna eat it? Why do I, I was in the airport and I saw, I love pizza, you know about yeah. that. I love pizza. And who doesn't? Everybody. Let's just keep it real, by the way. We love food. Yeah. Like if yeah. Rico and I went out to eat right now, we would eat, like, you know, like we love food. Like don't get it twisted. But I was in the airport and I saw this couple just eating some pizza and I was just like, I don't want that. I don't want, like they would just sit in there and they were just so, they were just like gluttons. It was just like, they were just sitting there stuffing their face. And I remember thinking like, I, I, I don't want to set that as a goal. And I think we set goals of what we want to eat when we get in. Why did I work this hard and set as a goal to eat the thing that got me out of shape in the first place? So now I have different goals. When I get to a certain day, my goal is the next thing. So May 6th is my next goal. I want to be comfortable. Is that Usher, Usher concert, Las Vegas. Lovers and friends show. And I just said that as just- and we gotta do a reunion to Vegas then. Yeah, man. For Let's sure. do it, yeah, yeah, let me know. May 6th. May All 6th, right, um, so I'm saying, I wanna be comfortable, shirtless. Button up shirt, open, yes. nice shorts, and just be out there comfortable. And, because it's hot as hell in Vegas. Yeah. And guys who are chubby don't feel comfortable <laughs> in that heat. You don't feel, you're self-conscious, you're pulling, you, you know, like <laughs> you want to be like, let me, so, but that is just a goal that's getting me to the next goal. Right. So then my next goal will be like, I want the V, you know what I mean? I want, what is going to be the next thing? And I'm no longer setting a goal of December 9th, I'm going to eat pizza. What? That yeah, it's almost like, <laughs> I, and that's what I used to do. <laughs> and I, I say this all the time, and I know I've told you this before. It's like, why are you rewarding yourself when you haven't reached the goal, the ultimate goals, right? Like, I used to tell people all the time, like, so they call it the cheat day, right? Yeah. Like, I've never believed in cheat days because if you haven't reached your goal yet, you don't you get, get a cheat, cheat day. day. Yeah. Like when you look the way you want to look, then you can then you can cheat. Because <laughs> what happens is you can say to yourself, all right, we're going to Cabo this weekend and I'm gonna have some drinks and I'm gonna eat a, a you know, a, some, a sandwich. Cause to us, meat is incredible. So right. that's not a cheat for yeah, me. Exactly. I mean, steak and fish and you know, whatever I want to eat in that capacity. So if I say, I want to have some bread, I want to eat Italian and I want to have some pasta and some bread and some that, I can do that. And it's not a cheat day for me because I'm in incredible shape. And um, tomorrow I'm just going to wake up and get back to my exactly. normal routine and work my ass off. And, you know, and uh, Harvey Mason Jr., who is the CEO of the Grammys, everywhere in the world that I've ever been with him, we've traveled to Abu Dhabi, we've been to the UK. Like every time I'm around and I see this guy, every morning he's in the gym early. I'll be, you know, going down to get breakfast and he'll be coming up from the gym. Yeah. Hey, Rico, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I was up at 5 a.m. I had to get a quick workout in. And I'm yeah. like, that's who I want to be. Right. So Grammy week, that's what I was doing. Um, I just was dedicated. And then I would wake up 5 a.m. I would work out, do what I had to do, meetings, interviews, stuff like that. And then I, they say, yo, you got a few hours. I'm like, I'm gonna go to the gym. Go to the gym. Why not? Just get on the treadmill. I'd walk on a 45 incline for, uh, uh, walk at a 12 incline for 45 minutes at 3.5, good pace. Mm -hmm. Just burp real, really good sweat. Do like 15 burpees, do my push-ups. Do these things that just make sure I was active, you right. know what I mean? And you know, you guys in the boot camp, you guys give us really incredible warm-ups. So I would just do the warm-ups from boot camp and just go through that and say, all right, cool. I feel good. I'm gonna get showered, go back. It's just active, my body's right. active. And now it's so much a part of who I am that I don't even, you know, now when I leave here, I'm gonna take my son and we're gonna go play basketball. Like we're gonna be active. We're yeah. not gonna go get pizza on, on, a, right. on a Saturday because yeah. we can. It's more about, let's stay active because when you look around and see people who live a long time, it's because they are active. And I wanna live a long time. There's so many things that I wanna do. And there's so many people that I want to affect. I want to watch my children grow up and watch their children grow up. And I believe we can do that, man. Yeah. I'm 40 years old. I still look great, you know? So I don't feel like... I'm telling you, like, you haven't even... You, you haven't become your best self. Yeah. And, I, and I, I say that very strongly. I still feel like I haven't no. become my best self. Like, 
I want to learn more. I want to create more. Mm -hmm. I want to impact more. Mm -hmm. I want to do more like that. That's like, I don't want to slow down no. at all. No. Like, and then to your point, we have kids. Mm -hmm. Like I want to be a superhero to my son. Yeah. Like, and to my whole family, like that's, that should be every man's. You want to get out there and show your kid how to do it. Not tell him. Exactly. You want to say, no, son, you're holding the bat wrong. No, son, you're holding the basketball wrong. Give me the ball. Let me show you. Right. And you can do it. And he's like, okay. Right. And if daddy can do it, I can, I can do it. Exactly. So you want to lead by example? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, that that's, that's just a mindset. You talked about like why I stay with the process. That right there now, that's the is, is the number one. I literally wake up and I'm not exaggerating. I wake up almost in a panic that I'm not doing enough oh, yeah. to set that example. Like I can do more, I can do more, what can I do more. more. You know, it's actually probably not healthy. Yeah, but, think about it, look at you. But it is. Yeah. So even when you have grandchildren, look at your dad. Your dad looks amazing. Yeah. And he is still able to set goals for himself. And sorry to speak for you, Pop. But like- No, but it's true. Like, set and he's been through some health issues. And I actually, uh, he'll love me telling the story because I got him into the ice bath uh, and it's, it's helping him so much. And he's 72 years old. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's what I'm trying to tell people. And I want to be a voice for this is that it's never too late. Mm -hmm. Like it's never too late. And people act like when they're 30, that it's too late. Nah, for real. Like, Oh, I can't, I'm 30 years old. I can't. My knees. Like you're 30, bro. I was, like, I was, I was complaining about my knees. I'm like, I can't do it my knees. And when I started dropping weight, I'm like, yeah, that's why your knees was fucking hurt. Well, you know, I used to mess with people all the time. Like, uh, they would be like, my knee hurts. I'm like, you know why your knee hurts, right? And they're like, no, why? Because you're fat. Yeah. <laughs> like, you I used to get so... You carrying all that... used to get so mad at me for saying you, that, but it's But you're truth. carrying all that weight right. and this pressure that should not be on your knees. Exactly. Your knees are this small, like, right? And right. now your knees got to carry all this weight all day, every day. And then you're wondering why I can't hike up a hill. You're trying to make an excuse of why I can't run up the hill. It's like, yeah, you're carrying more weight than you should be carrying. Exactly. So get the weight off, get the rid of it or get the fat off. I like, yeah, I, yeah, it's very important. And I say that because there's especially the the fat loss journey. If you're truly on a fat loss journey, then weighing yourself and focusing on the weight can really mess with your head. Yeah, I'd, I'd have a weight myself. Because when you when you gain muscle, yeah, and lose fat, your weight, especially in the beginning, it doesn't just the fall off. will fit differently. Yeah. So I, I had a goal of getting into my Grammy suits. I had, uh, you have to wear several suits Grammy week because I have to attend several events. So it's not like I have to get one suit. So it was probably seven or eight suits I had to wear. And y'all looked that up and they were, they were <laughs> quite epic to say the least. <laughs> yeah, man. So I had to have the suits taken in three times. That's amazing. Because each week, you kept losing I more kept inches. Losing more inches. Losing more inches, more inches. And I started realizing, like, I don't get on the scale. I don't look at that. I don't even concern myself with that. Because my goal is not one place. My goal is to be so fit that it is a part of my DNA. It's yeah. a part of the nature of who I am. And it's not about, I got to do this to get here. It should be like every day um, when women, some, there are some women who say, I have to fit into my wedding dress, right? Mm -hmm. And there's some women who just get married. <laughs> you know what I mean? Who just right. put the dress on. Right. Some guys are like, I gotta wear my tux and I gotta and some guys are like, Yeah, I gotta wear a tux this week. Yeah. So I'm gonna put one on. I don't have a problem. I wanna be that guy. Right. I wanna represent that person who says, I don't have to prepare to, you know, I'm I'm shooting television shows right now. Um I'm been asked to be on a few different television shows. And, and which by the way, which by the way is where you're meant to be. You know what I mean? Like you, your voice, I'm just speaking life into you right now because you need it. Like you were intended to influence and impact people because of your knowledge of the music industry and then also just life in general, mm -hmm. the father that you are, you know? But like your music intelligence is on another level, oh, like on another level. And I know this from being around you, but even your colleagues, mm -hmm. you know, and that's probably why you got, you know, the position that you mm -hmm. have, right? But like, 
the world and people need to be impacted on that. They need to be, they need to hear it, you know? So I'm sure these shows, it sounds like yeah. it's going to give you that platform, right? To, yeah. to be and able I to was do sitting down doing the tape and I was looking at the playback and I was like, wow, I didn't have to suck my stomach in, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm used to doing this all the time. Now <laughs> I'm sure that's just, uncomfortable. Yeah, now I can just relax and just, you know, so I'm like, wow, I'm preparing myself. God is pre preparing me for this, this place he needed me to go. And he knew that in order for me to get there, I had to be in a certain space physically. I have to feel as a certain level of confidence. And it, because people gotta trust and believe that what I'm saying is real. If I'm yeah. sitting here and I'm not happy with myself, you saw it in my face without even me, when I was smiling right. uh, and then happy. Yeah, I mean, it was acting happy and all those exactly. things, right? So people can see through that. So now when they look at me, I have the Rico Love Sessions that travels from state to state and I invite creators from all over the different areas and we create. I get 15 kids. When I say kids, I mean they like my, my little brothers and sisters. Yeah. But 15 creatives, I put five in each room. I give them a concept and music to create and they write and we build and I switch the rooms out. And we document it and it's been an incredible That's thing. really cool. But to give mentorship to those kids and guidance to those kids and them to trust me, they had to look at me and think, not only is he accomplished, but I'm looking at him and I still believe in who he is. I'm not looking at him and saying, oh, he did a lot of great things. No, he is great. Right. So that's, that's what well, there's a thinking. lot of, uh, unfortunately, and it's, and again, this is not fat shaming people or anything like that. Like I understand some people are just big. I get that. But there's a certain level of respect that people give you oh, yeah. when you look. Oh yeah. In shape, like it's just like because when you when you I have a hard time with people that are at a high level, even though they know what they're talking about, if they don't have discipline in their own life, it's hard for me to take advice from them, even if they're the number one accountant, the number one lawyer, the number one this, the number one that. Mm -hmm. I still I have a tendency, and it might be judgmental, whatever, but I have a tendency to be like, like. Are you sure you are? Like, you know, I don't know. Like, you know, cause you if know. you can't take care of yourself, yeah. then how are you telling me that you, you know, did this? I don't know, there's something, I have a hard time with, with that. And and I, I struggled that with you, honestly, like if I'm keeping it real, I struggled with like, like this man's genius is, is not being heard because you're not taking care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, I honestly thought that. I thought like, for, for example, like, your album was unbelievable, like unbelievable. And obviously the music industry sucks and mm. you know, we all know that, but there was a period of time that I felt like you were going to be like a star star, but I felt like you didn't take care of the body. I felt mm. like there was something there that just, it didn't all line up, mm. you know? And again, I'm not, I hope it doesn't sound like I'm talking shit, no, but no, man. That's I, it's just, that's the truth. You know, it was just the truth at the time. And so it's just amazing to see like, it's coming full circle and mm -hmm. you're like, the light bulb went off for you and you know that it's connected. Like your gift goes beyond the mind and, and what God gave you. It's also, God gave you one body and yes. that's it. Like, yeah. this is all we get, this is the temple. Like we gotta take and care the, of it. And the confidence that you have in yourself and enjoying looking at yourself and feeling confident when you put your clothes on and start your day that translates in how you speak and interact with everyone around you. And when you do that, you people are more welcoming to you. When you love yourself, people can feel that. And love yourself in the purest way. People can feel that and they love being around you because they'll, they're like, I can't put my finger on something that makes me feel so great to be around you. And it's like, I just, I'm just happy. I'm just happy with who I am. No matter the circumstance, I'm happy with who I am. And if I work on myself, then no matter what's going on around me, I can get, I can deal with that. I can deal with whatever's going around me because I'm happy and with I, where I'm I going. talk about it all the time that if you're pouring from an empty cup, no man, you don't have a whole lot. So it starts with you be the best version of yourself first so that you're capable of helping those around you. Because you're, if you're, you know, again, I use this, this one all the time is the oxygen mass on the plane. Like, what do they say? Put it on Put yourself it first. Yeah. Otherwise you're not gonna be able to help other people. Yeah. And I think that I know I have a lot of people in my life that I respect 
but I struggle with where they are because they're doing everything for everybody else and they're not taking care of themselves. Yep. And I try to tell them like, if you would pour more into yourself, then all that stuff you're doing for other people is actually going to be at a higher level. You know, you'll be able to, you'll be able to accelerate. You're trying to help them get to a certain place. You haven't been able to get to that place yet in, right. in whatever capacity and whatever area in your life. It will accelerate that process of getting you there and getting everybody else where you feel like they should be. Imagine, I knew a trainer who was had a belly and I'd be like, well, what the hell is this? <laughs> like, this is, can't, this can happen. And he told people how to work out. And I'm yeah. like, one of the, uh, one of my mentors actually was a fat strength coach. And he would always say that he only, only gave like he only he didn't he didn't do the things he knew to do because he was so busy coaching everybody else i thought that was the dumbest <laughs> thing i've ever heard That's in my life and what's crazy he was super smart like two master's degrees you know kinesiology exercise science could program like no other he was a very good strength coach but I, I remember it was because I was 18, 19 years old when I was dealing with him and I was like, I'll never be like that. Like, because I don't even take you serious. Yeah. And it's sad though, because he was smart, but mm -hmm. his, his, uh, because on the day that you're the most frustrated with the process, you're going to look over him and say, bro, shut up. Right. Don't tell me anything. Yeah. I'm, I'm not doing, I'm done. My body's done. Yeah. But if I look over at you, I'm going to say, all right. I gotta go. I gotta push you up. Whatever I gotta do. You gotta set the example. Yeah, exactly. If you're gonna be a leader, you have to set the example. Mm -hmm. um, that's a good segue too to talk about. I just recently heard, and I think it was it was on your IG. I think you were in another podcast situation. And you were talking about working with Beyonce, mm -hmm. and you were talking about her professionalism, mm -hmm. and it really. And I, and I think I want you to know this too that like even though. I all talk about fitness and business, stuff like that, and you're talking about music. I want you to know the impact that you have on everyone because everybody can take that advice. That, and I want you to talk about it a little bit because I deal with that a lot is that just people not being professional mm. and what that is because it doesn't matter what industry you're in, what you do, even with your family, everything, like, especially we live in Miami, you know, Cuban yeah, time and all yeah. that. So like speak on a little bit and maybe you can share that story. But like, it was, it, for me, I was like, I was like, man, that's so good. That's so good. What you were talking about. So, so Beyonce was late for a session, not late because she wasn't on, you know, doing this. Her plane was circling around Miami. It was a storm. So she couldn't land. Right. Physically, like literally couldn't come she on couldn't time. She couldn't be yeah. there on time. Yeah. Now, because she couldn't be there on time, we were have to, she wasn't going to be able to get to the session at all. She said, as Beyonce, at this point, she's still the biggest, one of the biggest artists right. in the world. I'm going to still go to the studio. She came through and she said, guys, I can't work, but I wanted to just come by and so you could see me. And I could tell you, I'm so sorry. My plane was circling around. And I'm like, you're Beyonce. If you wouldn't have not showed up tonight, it would have been fine. Right. We'd have been like, you know, even if it wasn't that, we'd have just thought Beyonce didn't make it today. We'll get with her another time. She came in and because she's such a professional and apologized, which is crazy. You don't have to, but just being such a sweet, incredible human being. She came and apologized. I said to her, I want to play you this song that I wrote. And I played her Sweet Dreams. And she cut the song in 15 minutes and then went and, and attended the concert with uh, Jay-Z and Mary were on tour. And it changed my life because she changed, she said, turn the lights on, which is my, my, my tag. And she, uh, as a professional, made me understand what greatness truly looks like. And greatness does not look like, when people used to tell me like, stay humble, I would say that's crazy to me because if you're telling me being kind and being nice and being polite and being on time is humility, I don't, I don't, that's ridiculous. A king behaves that way. A king stands up and greets his guest. Right. You know, a tyrant makes you get on your knee and kiss their ring. Right. A king looks a man in the eye. A king is welcoming and polite. A king makes sure that everybody eats. So if you're telling me that that's me being humble, no, Beyonce wasn't humble when she did that. She was the queen mm -hmm. and the queen behaves that way. So when I see people behaving opposite of that, I know that they won't reach that place because greatness begets greatness. 
and kindness begets kindness and love begets love. So you cannot be those things and expect those things if you don't give those things. So if I was ever to see Beyonce angry, which I, I've never personally in person seen her angry. If I was ever to see her angry, I would trust that it was a serious issue because she was so kind. And that level of professionalism and that level of grace makes it so that everybody else is tolerant of anything that you have to deal with. They are sensitive to it because they'll know. If I always see you being a jerk to everybody, if I see you late, if I see you not being a professional, if I see you, then I'm gonna assume in any situation that you're in, I'm gonna subconsciously assume it's his fault, it's her right, fault. Right. I'm sure. But if I see you always operating in grace, and when I see you angry, and somebody is doing something wrong or is doing something that's not right, I'm gonna say, that person did something, right? <laughs> yeah. And I think that is the greatest lesson in professionalism. More than anything is being able to get the benefit of the doubt when anything goes wrong. The first thing- it's I'll, a it's, I'll tell you one thing though, like the world doesn't give much benefits of doubt. You no, know, like, absolutely especially not. in this Instagram world and But social, the people who matter know. do. Yeah. The masses, right? And they yeah. say that, uh, they say live with the, what they say, so to the masses, live with the classes and all that stuff. I know, yeah. So but when you think about it, when you say to yourself, the masses may not accept, but the people in this small circle of greatness, and, and to be honest with you, it's gonna be very difficult if, if, you, if your goal is to make the masses all love you. Yeah, that's very yeah, that's, that's a yeah, that's far cry. That's really never gonna happen. So. But, and when you really don't want it to you don't want either. You want the wisdom and the, the, the foresight and the vision of, other great individuals to recognize. There, there was a guy who came to me once and he was talking about the person he was signed to. And he was telling all these bad things. And I'm just listening. I'm just like, you don't understand that I'm in that position of leadership that he's in. So everything you're saying to me, I understand that you're the one that's probably full of shit because I've been in this position. Mm. So when you operate in greatness, the other people who operate in that same greatness will recognize you. So. It was difficult for you to talk bad to me about a person who I know the position that they're in and things they have to deal with. But a person who's never had to be in that situation, it's easy for them to point the finger and say, well, you should have just did that. Why don't you just do this? Right. Why don't... And I'm sure you've dealt with that a lot oh in the music God. industry. Oh my God. So <laughs> many people who just judge and say, you know, well, why didn't you just buy it for them? Right. Why didn't you just give them that? That's nothing to you. A million dollars. Why don't you just do that? Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, another person who understands what that means, who understands like any, any or understand how to take losses and what losses mean and how you gotta, you know, regroup and, and, and reset, you know, they understand that. So yeah, it's difficult for the masses to understand when you're going through things, but outside looking in when they see you correcting a contractor or I've seen the situations in a legacy where you said, no, that, that doesn't go there. <laughs> Why, why would you put a fan here and we go out and then to be a fan in that place? You'd be like, yo, you know, I witnessed the, this, the, oh, whoa, hold yeah. on, God. you have to be that way sometimes. But when I see it, I understand that I respect it and I give you the benefit of the doubt because I know who you are. Right. And people recognize that it goes a long way and it means a lot. And I feel like to your point, there's so many people that pray about it <laughs> but they don't take action mm -hmm. on what they're praying for. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it was, was Drake in one of his songs say like that, that one line where, where uh, I'm gonna pray for it, but I'm not gonna wait, wait for it yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that. Anyways, that, that was yeah, no, that's a bad true. example, but um, I've always believed that God shows you the way and will speak to you, but you have to take action. He's not gonna just hand it to you. Like there, there will be doors open and there will be doors closed. But when that door is open, you, you better, better go. Run through yeah. it. You better yeah. run through it. You better it. go. You know? And like, so every time I heard you say take, I was and thinking be action. diligent. And, and then when somebody tries to oppose you, you look them in the face and say, no, I'm not backing down. This belongs to me. This is mine. If somebody was to intrude in your home right now, you wouldn't say, the Lord uh, is protecting. Please don't take right, no. no. You're no. going to stand there. You're going to do yeah. whatever it takes to make sure your family and your property is protected. We have to have that same level of force and, and consistency and diligence in how, who we are. So 
when I look at the failures, losing money and getting money again, and losing this and getting it again, that's just lessons and journeys. So I don't look at that as failure. I look at the failure was the mindset that I had thinking that I'm good, so that's good enough. I'm, I'm, I'm nice, so that's nice. I, I take care of people. I help all these people. I always thought that like, well, since I did good things for these people, they'll always be loyal to me. <laughs> you know, people will look you- You almost, I mean, and again, I'm not putting words in your mouth, it almost sounds like people that live off of like thinking that karma, you know, oh, like yeah, that yeah, karma yeah. stuff. No, no, no. Like, no, no. no. Like, that's no, not that's the not, way to do No, because <laughs> you see horrible individuals. Yeah, exactly. Keep excelling. And right. you're like, well, what's happening? Right. They're going to get it, bro. Yeah. They're going to get it. Exactly. That's it. So. I remember people who I did so much for saying to me, well, I didn't ask you to do any of that. And people are okay. People will sleep like babies. That's crazy. Right? People will sleep like babies. You could, everything, I'm talking about every idea that that they have or everything. I, I have people in my life currently who are operating in the, not only in the ideas that I've given them, but, but it's being bankrolled by me. And still, if you were to mention it to them, they'll say, I didn't ask you to do none of that. You, you gave that to me. So I don't have to be grateful. And I had to realize, all right, I don't need you to be grateful because my blessing is not tied into you. Right. You know what I mean? My blessing is tied into who I am. And I'm always going to be me. You're all, I'm always going to be a, a lender and not a borrower. You'll always be a borrower. Right. You'll always need someone to provide for you in order for you to get what you get. I'm going to always be a lender. And, and I believe in that wholeheartedly. So that was the biggest failure, so to speak, that I had to change my way of thinking. And it was a beautiful lesson. And it's a lesson that I, I don't, I'm not gonna say mastered it, but I get it now. Yeah. I get it. I, get it. I mean, just hearing you say it, it, it sounds like it's gonna make you that much stronger. Oh yeah. And yeah. a problem. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, which is a good thing. Yeah, a problem. Good problem. Like, Cause yeah. I, I operate in a space <clears throat> that I'm gonna be a problem to anybody that gets in my way. Oh like, yeah. You know, so, and I, you know, my, my brother and I talk about it. Like, you have this in your life. We have this in our life. People have to understand when you have favor. Oh yeah. Like, don't mess with people that have favor. Like, because you, the people around you, us are getting things because of our favor. Oh yeah. And that's just a fact. And. We don't shy away from, from knowing that and yeah. talking about it. Like I have favor on my life. Sorry. Like yeah. I, that's just, I'm going to stand on that. Some and that's of your favor is still protecting so. people that you're not even friends with no more. They don't even realize. And they don't even realize, <laughs> you know? And you go back to like our, our uh, moms praying over us. And when you have these spiritual warriors, oh my God, you know, at home on their knees, bawling, crying for us, yeah. you know, we don't even. How many times you woke up with your mother praying over you and you're like, what is, what's going yeah. on? <laughs> what's happening? Or my mom still to this day would just call me and be like, you know, I just prayed for you, you know, and, I, and, it, and you, like, you feel it immediately. Oh, yeah. You know, absolutely. so it's, it's such a blessing. Um, what, uh, what's like the number one project going on right now? So basically, Division One Music Group was a record company at first, and now it's Division One Media Group. And I believe that I'm bigger than just uh, signing and producing artists. I've, I've decided to open up um, into development, developing producers and writers and giving them a home. So I'm creating a, a group. So it's the first one, we're gonna travel around the world and just collect the most incredible lead talented, talented people and give them opportunities to be heard. And then there's a network that I'm forming to make sure that there's a hub for these people to exist in. Okay. So, and also uh, mentorship, one-on-one -on -one mentorship, one-on-one -on -one building. Is this like an extension of the conference you used to do? It's an extension of the conference. Okay. The world has become incredibly digital. So we can touch a lot more, many more people when we create and exist in a digital space. So I'll give you an example. Um, what I'm creating is an infrastructure. If you want to, we're building a home for creative individuals to be able to feel safe, to send their music, to make sure it's heard. If I live in middle America, I live in parts of the world that don't get the opportunity. Even though the internet is accessible, you can put out your music. Three or four artists break per year. Yeah. Out of 600,000 songs are released every day on Spotify alone. How many? 600,000 songs are released every day on Spotify. Wow. Alone, just on the Spotify. Do that math. Do that math. That's insane. Four artists break per year. 
four. Meaning four new artists are coming with successful records on a mainstream level. A year. A year. So 600,000 times 365. 365. Just on Spotify, mind you. That's one digital platform. And And only four four break on average break per year, right? And in your definition, for so people can understand. When I say break, what, I mean, what do you like mean by break? Mainstream success. Okay. I mean like uh like a hit song. A hit song on all meaning streaming, radio, everything. Where people know who you are. People know yeah. your song at least. Yeah. Or know your song. Right. So there are millions of people who would like to be heard and don't have access. Imagine if you could subscribe to a group and pay a monthly fee and know that I can submit 10 songs every month and these songs will be actively shot to film, TV, to artists, to anything, advertisement, whatever. And I know that somebody is actively pursuing getting my music heard. This is a specifically curated group. So I don't accept every individual who wants to be a part of it because then you have to filter through so much fluff. You have to be invited and then there's a monthly fee and then my company takes 10% of publishing off the top at one point. Okay. I mean, 90% of the record is yours and my company takes 10 for pushing and play together. Also educate us on the flip side of that where so on like other, a record label uh, takes yeah. so on other hand, almost uh, everything. A publishing right? company will give you money. They'll give you a deal. Yes, but if you until you recoup that deal, you don't get any money from your songs until you pay that money back. And also, they take half of the publishing for it. My my company is saying you own your publishing. We are partners in the song and the deal, but we only taking ten percent, and we're not holding you or you're you're not having to. This is the ten percent that solely belongs to this company, and you get to be free agent. Imagine if you place six to seven records through my business, you don't need a publishing deal. You're earning on your own. Right. What happens is we'll disrupt the business, and every business was made to be sold. So if we disrupt them that much. Yeah, it's disruptive. That's what. So bias. If it's that much of a problem for you, eventually it will be. Yeah, bias. That's a great plan. Mm -hmm. It's all about being disruptors. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do with the waters. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. Um, That's fascinating. Where? uh, What's the next city? Next city is Dallas. Okay. Dallas, Chicago, New Orleans is the next three cities. Um, After we did DC, several companies have reached out to buy in. They want to promote and they want to. sponsor these things and how do artists find this so basically on my social also there's a, a link in my biopreneur app where not only and i think everybody should understand um I'm not sure when this is going up but march 10th i'm, see, I'm teaching a webinar um, i'm also doing one-on-one sessions so you could pay to do a one-on-one zoom with me where we kind of do an analysis of who you are as an artist to break down where I see your music going, how I see you developing as a creative, as a songwriter, as an artist, as a producer, or whatever. You also can do a two-song critique where you can play me two of your top songs. I can walk you through the steps of what I feel like can make the song better. This is this is huge, by the way. Yeah. Like you're basically sitting down with one of the best producers of all time, like, and you're opening your door. Like that's unheard of. Yeah. That's like getting to train with Tim Grover on on Zoom. You know, like like. Like that's and, and it's an opportunity for me as well because now I'm learning what's the sound consistently in the market because I'm being able to experience all these things through these creatives and through their lens. So I'm learning as well and I'm growing my brand as well. But the reason why I'm doing this is to create this network where all of these creatives feel safe and then I can make a multi-billion dollar industry um, um, company instead of writing songs and making uh, millions of dollars, which is cool, it's good, I've done well. But there's billions that have to be made. And in, in order for us to operate in our fullness, we have to become resourceful. And having that level of financial availability is what I like to call it. Mm-hmm. And people call it like getting rich or getting becoming wealthy. No, um, financially, uh, financial availability. Finances are available to me in a space where I can do anything I want to do, build anything I want to build, cultivate anything I want to cultivate without having to ask for permission. That is the ultimate goal is to say, we want to build this thing and we're not going to a bank and asking them to do it for us. We can, because we know we can use other people's money, but we don't need permission. We can say, we want to do this thing and we're going to do it. And do you find yourself writing a lot still? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm writing tonight when I leave here. All right. I love it. It's it's what I do. It's who you are. It's who I am. I have the most fun writing, but I think I'm, I'm, I think being a teacher is more, I have more fun enjoying teaching than I even do writing. 
honestly. Do you see some uh, some interlocking in it though? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so as you're teaching, and if somebody has like a good idea with your mind, you can probably take that that's, small idea and then that's what advance we do. it, right? That's what we do with the Rico okay. Love sessions. So I'll go in the rooms and I'll be like, that's good, let me change this part. Or that's good, let me take this. And then after we collected 12 to 15 songs, we did an incredible amount of, of music in two days in DC. I was just at home another day with my engineer and I was just going through the songs and I was just tweaking, adding things here, doing this, adjusting this, changing this, and creating concepts. Then the next day I was so inspired by the work that I did with these, these young creators that I was just started writing incredible, incredible music last night and the night before. And even tonight, I just feel so inspired to, to create. So it's like, when are you still writing for for like, I mean, with people like say Beyonce, if she needs a song, yeah, you still I'm do right, that I'm writing for acts, I'm writing for artists. I'm, I'm still doing a, a bunch of stuff, but I think more than, um, more than anything, I think that understanding until I get to that space where I can house whole projects for major powerhouse acts, which I still believe is in the cards for me. And that's the next step of me as a songwriter. Mm. Um, I'm not gonna be writing for just random artists anymore, just doing things for, because somebody has a budget. No, I want to be invested in projects and I want people to trust me and trust what I do. And the only way to do that is to kind of keep building and cultivating, developing other things. Yeah. So I think that that's, that's the next, that's smart. next big thing for me. Yeah, I love it. Um, trying to think what else. Uh, I mean, we could sit here and talk all night, obviously. Mm -hmm. But um, so the weight loss, the fat loss journey, you gotta go mm -hmm. around that. Um, where are you at? Like where, where, like I want to know, cause I know you're committed mm -hmm. and I know we have a new date, May 6th yeah. now. And then are you solely focused on May 6th or do you have the next thing already in the back of your yeah, mind? I already have the next thing. May 6th is just the, you know, when, when I used to run a lot, right? Uh, each night I used to, during the, when the pandemic first started, I was running every single night, right? And I would look at a pole, I would see a pole, it would be like maybe 200 yards in front of me. And I would say, I'm not gonna stop running until I get to that pole and then I walk for, for 10 paces and then I'm gonna run again. And then I started, when I got closer to the pole, I would say, all right, I'm gonna keep running past the pole. Then I would see another tree and I'm like, all right, I'll stop at that tree. In this journey, there's always gonna be another tree. There's always yeah. gonna be another pole. And I think that that's where I'm at with it. When I get closer to me, when I got to the Grammys, I thought, all right, I'm gonna celebrate to have a drink. You know? And I started saying, no, I'm not, remember we spoke about that. So <clears throat> no, I don't have a next thing. I have a lifetime of looking and feeling good. I have an amazing example, my brother in front of me, um, you look insane. So I'm like, that's what I want for myself. Yeah. You, know, you know, my big brother looks amazing. He's only a few years older than me. So. But I'm like, bro, when I'm 45, I want to be able to, you know, I want Manning to look side by side next to me and we like, yo, right, bro, we exactly. twinsies, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm excited. It's so much fun, man. People don't understand. When you start working out and really having a purpose, man, it, it's so much fun that I don't get, like, it's like when people go skating every night or go bowling or like going to the gym and working out, it's like becoming that thing. For yeah, me. yeah. And I, you know what's funny is every time I see people, first thing people say, they're like, yo, you look great. And I'm like, all I talk about is working out now <laughs> and eating. Like I'll tell, I'm with D-Town all the time. I'll be telling D-Town like, bro, all you got to do is just this. Like, right. Why are you is doing this? Like, he's doing great. Yeah. Man. But I'm like, I'll be telling like, bro. He's still big though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be like, yo, bro, you all you have to do is this. Yeah. When, when D-Town was going to Legacy every day, he was ripped. Yeah. He was incredible. I'm like, bro, just do this. Do this. And then I also understood that I had to do other things outside of just Legacy. And a lot of times people think, I'm just gonna come here once a day and I'm gonna do that and I'm right. like, you're gonna get results if you eat right and you come to Legacy Fit every day, don't get it twisted. But I have to say, how much more of a push do I get if um, when, the, when the office hours are closed and the gym hours are closed, I'm still putting in work mm -hmm. all the time, how yeah. much better will I feel or more committed will I feel? And then people around me start really understanding my, my, my um, determination. Right. I mean, they love that. They really wanna be next to that. And a lot of brands, are, they want to partner with them. They want to be around that type of energy. Definitely. Like so, I always say, it's, it's do more than is required. Do way more than You know required. what I mean? Like most people live life to just get by. Mm -hmm. Most people live a mediocre life. Like that's not how to live yeah. life. I would, always I would go beyond that. I would definitely leave you guys with this. 
I really enjoy who I am. I really like myself again. And that is the best feeling. And if this is what it takes for me to enjoy and love myself, I can't, I can't, I can't afford yeah, to stop. Yeah. My life depends on it because there was this time where I did not, if it had not been for my children, I would, I would have took myself out. That's just the truth of it. I can say it now with such easily because I'm, I'm so past that space. Right. right? But man, I'm telling you, I, I really enjoy who I am and who I'm becoming. And whatever it is you do in life, get to that place. Cause when you like you, man, yeah, truly like you. Cause somebody could come right now and say, I don't like you at all. And I'd be like, that's okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cause I and, like me. And there was a time where I could not exist knowing that people didn't like me. Now I'm okay. Yeah. I like me. I enjoy me. And I know that a lot of people are affected positively by what I'm doing for myself. Right. That's beautiful. Because when you become your best self, those around you get the benefit of that, you know? So keep being an example. Love you, brother. Love you, man.